Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his genes from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. What's up, Big East fans? We are coming to you the Tuesday before the greatest tournament in the world. We are looking at a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday slate of Big East basketball games at Madison Square Garden, the Big East tournament. And who better to help me preview the show than Mr. Ryan Cassidy? Ryan Cassidy, come on. Uh, How am I supposed to focus after that intro, I'm hyped, I'm ready to go, and we got a hell of a lineup for you guys today. We got all kinds of special guests hopping on to preview the teams going down the list. We got players. We got special Twitter personalities. We have people with their own podcasts coming on, too. We have such an awesome episode for you guys today, talking about the Big East Tournament and all the great teams that we're going to see. Ryan, we're going on Thursday. How excited are you? Uh, yeah, words can't really capture that. We are. Uh, this is one of the cooler experiences we're going to have. And uh, if you guys see us on Thursday, feel free. Ryan's the ugly one. I'm the better looking one. Um, if you want to come out and say hi. But we're so excited to see you guys meet so many of you at you know a tournament that we've only heard about and watched. I like that you got your fresh haircut for the tournament. Yeah, don't, well, don't think I didn't notice. I had to say, I had. You think I came in here? I knew I was going to say that you were the ugly one. <laughs> I had to be ready to go. All right, right. So we thought, you know, we have some teams. So let's be completely transparent. Eleven teams couldn't get a guess for all of them and give them the adequate time. So those Wednesday teams, um, we did go. We're gonna we're gonna do more of the preview instead of you know a so called expert on the team. Um, so. We're not apologetic. You guys have tuned in to listen to us all year. So we got about three or four teams we'll preview, and then um, the rest will be lucky, lucky enough to be joined by some guests. So let's start with the first game of Wednesday. It's the 8-9 matchup, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's your St. John's Johnnies versus your Butler Bulldogs. But let's talk St. John's to start. Let's put a few minutes on the clock, and uh, let's preview what the Johnnies need to do. Yeah, so the Johnnies are coming off of, um, you know, some – interesting um, stuff going on in their program. For those who haven't followed all year, uh, Andre Cabello has been suspended, unsuspended, suspended, unsuspended. Raphael Pinzone, who was, in my opinion, sometimes the best player on the court, uh, has been suspended. They are in the middle of coaching turmoil, we can say, that they're probably looking um, to make a move at the end of the season. But they're still a really interesting basketball team and a really entertaining brand of basketball that they play. Well, you could say that uh, they've never lacked talent this entire year. And that's why they were picked so highly by a lot of, uh, you know, experts in the preseason that were expecting a lot from the Johnnies. They've got a ton of talent out there. Um, So they're a dangerous team. You can't overlook them just because they've struggled this year. And they could certainly make some waves in this tournament. Yeah. What do you, what are we looking at for them to be making a run in this tournament? Are we looking at their defense has to show up? Are we looking at the one of their guy guys has to go, go and have an absolute ridiculous tournament. Um, You know, Ken Palm has them ranked 111th in offense, 71 in defense, but Ryan, where are they? Number one. Tempo. Adjusted tempo. <laughs> they run up and down the court. Eels. If you haven't watched them this year, it's a bit of a track meet getting to watch these Johnnies. Uh, I think one of the most interesting questions is, does Mike Anderson start Curbelo and Posh? He hasn't for quite a few games in a row now. He's been bringing Curbelo off the bench. I'll, I'll say from what my eyes have showed me, Posh Alexander has looked a whole lot more comfortable on the floor when he is the only point guard on the floor. Um, He's hitting threes. He's kind of reverted back to last year's form where he was an all biggies first teamer uh, or second teamer. So what are you, who needs to stand out to you for the Johnnies to win this matchup against the Bulldogs? Well, I'm going to say, uh, are you, we going one, one, or can I give two? One. Okay. One. All right. Well, I'm going to say David Jones. Um, 
David Jones is one of those guys who, when he starts going, he heat check that he needs. Um, you know, he can go off for a certain amount of points and make up for some of the deficiencies on defense. He could score 30 points in a game. Um, and against a Butler team that kind of struggles to score the basketball consistently, you know, you, you have to outscore the team to win. I think that's a great point. I'm going to go – I believe they need to shoot the ball efficiently to make any noise to win their first match against Butler. The key to that is A.J. Storr, the freshman. He's a fantastic shooter. If he has a really good night against Butler, watch out. I think they win that game. And, Ryan, we'd be remiss to do a St. John's preview of the Big East tournament and not at least talk a little Joel Soriano. Oh, wow. (laughs) Joel Soriano, this is going to be interesting too. Manny Bates, Butler center, has been hurt for quite a few games. I'm not 100% on an update on him right now. It's a little bit harder to get that information. But if Manny Bates can't play, Joel Soriano, we could be Joel Soriano feast season down low. Yeah, Joel Soriano has been fantastic all year. That's why he's not a key for me. I think we know what we're going to get from him. He's going to put up a double-double. He's not an X factor. Right. He is a key. I mean, like, he's the key. He's the car. (laughs) He's the foundation. Yes. But you need more than the foundation to win the game. You know he's going to go for a double-double. He deserved to win first team. Um, he deserved first team honors. So, you know, he'll show up. I'm not yeah, concerned. What you're that. saying is, but the problem is if we take him for granted and he doesn't have a good game, we both agree St. John's doesn't have a chance. Of course. Right? All right, Rye. That is our wonderful Johnny's. All right, Ryan, the other half of that matchup is the Butler Bulldogs, who are coming at the nine seed, will face off against, obviously, the St. John's Red Storm at 3.30 on Wednesday. What are we looking at? Manny Bates? Yeah, I think you already touched on it a little bit. Manny Bates is out. He's re-aggravated his shoulder injury. That's something he's struggled with for several years now. Um, And so they're going to be undersized in the front court. They're going to be thin. They have a freshman backup center. They'll probably try to limit his time by playing their power forward at the center and then, you know, moving everybody down a position. So everybody plays out of position, um, but it's definitely something to watch. How are they defensively able to control Joel Soriano? Uh, if Turnbull does get minutes, you know, the freshman that you're talking about. And the one thing that is interesting is Turnbull can spread the floor a little bit. Joel Soriano doesn't love st- coming out of that paint a lot. Just something to look for, and I think Butler kind of needs something something like that to go right in a game like this. Yeah, you know, Turnbull is going to be a great player someday, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to guard Joel Soriano. So I expect them to try to limit his minutes. Um, who do you look to have a big game that would be significant for the Butler? If, if Jaden Taylor has a big game, they have an absolute chance because they have a guy who can go get a bucket at any given time. I mean, Jalen Taylor, over the last you know few weeks of the season – what was one of the better players in the Big East? Um, his game log at the end here is tell me if this fits your fancy here. He scored 16, 13, 13, 21, 20, 20, 19, 19. I mean, over that you know period of time when he played from uh, Marquette all the way down to Xavier in the year, he averaged, um, sorry, he averaged 17.6 points and four rebounds. If Jaden Taylor is able to do that and they are able to score 70 points, they have a chance to win this game. But they have to get to that 70 mark. And I just I'm I'll be honest, Butler fans, I love you. I don't know how feasible that is that you get to that 70 point. But if, if you're gonna do it against anyone, you're gonna do it against St. John's defense. Yeah, I think that's a great X factor. Taylor's been fantastic for them. He's been one of the bright spots all season on a team that finished ninth in the Big East. But let's not forget your man, Seamus Lukosius, who made a name for himself at Madison Square Garden last year. He goes for 27 points, four of eight from three, and he kind of single-handedly led the Butler over Xavier in that overtime win on Wednesday last year. Does he have a little more garden magic? Someone calls, someone texted me, um, is this a Seamus game or not? And I like that. Like, if it's a Seamus game, they have a chance. If it's a Jaden Taylor game, they have a chance. Right, trivia, last time Butler got to 70 points this year? Uh, was it against Xavier? It was not against Xavier in that crazy game. They got to 69 that day. So I am, you know, 
splitting hairs. But they last time they got to 70 was against Villanova and one of their better wins of the season on January 13th. We're talking about almost two months since Butler has scored 70 points in a game. I promise you will have to score 70 points to beat St. John's. That's a great point. Um, a quick little thing, too. They matched up twice this year and won one. Uh, so pretty even. But that was the Joel Soriano g- game where the clock might have started early where he caught the alley-oop. So, Ryan, do you have a prediction for Butler versus St. John's? My prediction, I'm rolling with the Bulldogs. I like the um, the wing talent that Butler has. I think they're going to be able to score. I think they'll be able to hit some shots. I think they get the win. I'm rolling Red Storm. They are playing. I know it doesn't seem like it, but they're playing at their home arena. They are playing um, for their coach's future, in my opinion. They'd have to win the tournament probably to save them. We talked about yesterday. I'm going to roll with St. John's. I don't think Butler has scores nearly enough points in order to um, stop them. To talk some Villanova hoops, we are lucky enough to be joined by one of the Nova fans who is the most knowledgeable on Twitter, Chris from Villanova Tip Time. How are you, sir? Very well. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Long, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> we're the one who called you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're so excited to have you on. And, uh, you know, Villanova gets a really interesting draw for the Big East tournament. You've got the late night game on Wednesday night, and you got the 11 seed Georgetown. Um, you want to quickly just talk about what you think about that game? Definitely. So I was sitting here doing doing prep for the the pregame show tomorrow night. And I think one of the things that I keep kind of stumbling over, and we've said it a lot in recent weeks, you'll see it across sort of the Villanova content creator sphere. Um, but one of the things I keep tripping over is like, this is just a different Nova team than what their record sort of says, right? If you think about a season being four months, November, December, January, February, as far as the regular season body goes, you know, three out of those four months, it was a completely different team than Nova's taken into battle at the Big East tournament this week. Um, but that's that's how college basketball works. So, like, at this, as much as Nova fans want to lament that fact, and and it's and it's uh, it presence on, you know, Villanova's, uh, you know, prowess is an at-large bid. You got to put that completely aside, and it, it. But it has to be exciting as you think about this team headed into New York City, headed into Madison Square Garden, where there's some graphic that's been making the rounds the last couple of weeks. But like Villanova is statistically the best sports program, professional or amateur at Madison Square Garden over the last like two decades by a long shot. Um, and so, so long winded way of saying you have to feel good, as good as you can be about a team that is barely above 500 on the whole season's body of work as good as you can possibly feel as a team with that resume is how you have to be feeling about Villanova headed into this week at the Big East tournament, starting with Georgetown and and a potentially favorable draw in a, a Thursday night Creighton game if they make it that far. And it's obvious we can point to, you know, this team turned around, like you just said, when Justin Moore got healthy. What else have you seen from this team that's kind of let them settle back into their roles Um because it just seems like the whole entire team is different, not just that they added, you know, an all Big East first team or back to them. Yeah, I mean, I think if you count back even to the beginning of the season, right, Villanova was without its two most important pieces in Justin Moore, who with a ton of bias, I say, is the Big East player of the year if he plays a, close to a full season. Um, and then Cam Whitmore, who's going to be a lotto pick, who didn't play until mid-December. Um and so I think a couple of things beyond just getting Justin Moore back took three, three, four, five games for him to really hit his stride. But once he did, it's like, okay, we're starting to see Justin Moore, even in the UConn game on Saturday, Villanova lost that game, but UConn was able to just completely put the clamps on, on Justin Moore. And it, it changed the look and the makeup of Villanova. But to your question about what are the other things that are coming along, you look at Villanova was unable to break through in the final minutes of close games until mid-February. They've had so many of those at bats that there there almost had to be a regression to the mean, whether or not Justin Moore came back. But obviously having big leaders who can hit those shots in the in the waning minutes, like Nova had sort of been missing before, that's a that's a huge um added element back to a team that was just on the cusp of breaking through so many times. 
Um, I think it's allowed guys like uh, Eric Dixon, especially to sort of settle in the whole team sort of had to run through him before you got Justin Moore back. Now you have Justin Moore back and he's had some of the best games of his career over the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and I think doesn't get talked about enough in sort of the elite bigs of the big East because he's not a true five. Uh, but still what we've seen from him over the last couple of weeks is outstanding. So um I think that I think that kind of hits most of the highlights to the question of besides Justin Moore, what else are we seeing? We're seeing a team that's evolved, that's taken its lumps, now getting one of the best players back and able to sort of step into the roles that they were truly meant to play. That's a great point. And then, um, you know, assuming that you're able to get through Georgetown, you guys draw Creighton. You just played a really good game against Creighton. How is Villanova Nation feeling about that draw? I think Nova's, the, the Nova Nation's feeling pretty good about that draw just based on what we saw in our game against them two weeks ago. When we played in Omaha in early February, that was Justin Moore's third game back. He still was not himself, uh, you know, had, a uh, I think, a pretty poor shooting night from an efficiency perspective. He was throwing up a lot of shots and not converting at a super high clip. And still, that was a game that Nova almost broke through in the end in Omaha and then when it came back to Nova a couple of weeks later, that the score wasn't didn't really reflect what a what a whooping that was. Like Nova had Creighton's number most of that game. So while I expect the, the lights to be a little bit brighter in this one and you're going to get the best shot from Creighton, I think it's a favorable matchup for Nova just because of the lack of depth with Creighton. Um, the fact that Creighton's biggest asset is, you know, defensive player of the year, Ryan Kalkbrenner, who also poses a, a, a pretty legit threat on the offensive end, no doubt. But Eric Dixon dropped 31 on him the last time they played a couple weeks ago. Um, so you've got a thin team, any sort of foul trouble whatsoever for both teams favors Nova massively because of depth for Nova over Creighton. So there's no such thing as an easy draw from Thursday on in the Big East tournament. So by no means am I saying it's a cakewalk guarantee Villanova, right? It's going to be it's going to be a slugfest, especially if both teams start to get a little hot, um, as Villanova's weakness can be around the the, the uh, around the arc, which which Creighton might exploit. But uh, I I I much prefer them to seeing UConn again on Thursday, which obviously is impossible the way the seedings ended up falling. But uh, there's there you know there was a if Creighton had lost on Saturday. UConn would have jumped into the three and then Nova would have been seeing them on Thursday. And I much prefer Creighton than a, than a UConn draw that early. Absolutely. Chris, you're as optimistic of as Nova fan as there could be. Can Nova win the Big East tournament? They definitely can. Um, you know, it's tough to say like Nova will win because I think the Big East tournament is not something that just acquiesces to like should, should happen. Uh, like they're always non-chalk surprises. I think Villanova is a trendy pick to be a, a quote unquote a bid stealer. Any article out there in the college basketball sphere, if you see headline bid stealer and Villanova's not mentioned, like they're probably not doing their job. Um, but that said, I think this tournament, much like the big dance after it, uh, are there's a little bit of a crapshoot element. So it's you know I don't want to like pound my chest and say like yeah Villanova's going to win, but this team has a much better chance to win the Big East tournament than you would think if you just looked at the blind resume on paper. And if you look at the be the betting lines, the fact that Villanova has more favorable, uh, meaning they're more likely to win than even Providence, right? In the, what are Providence, the four seed? Five. Um, five, they're the five. Okay. But even still, Providence is a team who's squarely in the tournament. Like they're not on the bubble at all. And Villanova's got, you know, is a, is a worse odds bet to make. Uh, then Providence, I think, says all you need to know about can they win. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think it's it's going to be a really exciting tournament from Villanova point of view. Chris, we're so grateful that you came on to talk Villanova hoops. Listeners, check out Villanova Tip Time. They do a pregame show before every Villanova game. They get you in the mood for watching the Wildcats. So you should definitely give them a listen and give them a follow on Twitter. Chris, thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Right, you knew we had to talk about them eventually. The Georgetown Hoyas in what will mercifully, in my opinion, be the last game of the Patrick Ewing era are playing at 8 o'clock against the Villanova Wildcats. What's going on in that game? All right, we're going to keep this segment brief. Tyler, what is the chances Georgetown beats the hottest team in the conference? They're not playing UConn. 
So chances they beat the hottest team in the country, Villanova. Country? They're the hottest team in the country. 10%. 10%? Yeah. Out of your mind. Because Primo Spears is an absolute bucket, and this was a one-possession game when they played last time at the Finn. Georgetown is knows their plan for their life. Patrick Ewing has some tournament magic, and Georgetown keeps it within 10. That's the worst take I've heard. In, in the history of tapes. You don't think Georgetown keeps this game Maybe ever. No. Really? They're terrible. They are so bad. But they really try. No, they don't. Georgetown is going to have the opportunity. They, they're they coming off Ryan. I know you, what you're saying. They've won two games in conference this year. You want to know what I'm saying? They've won one of their last four. Okay? They're one in three in their last four. That's not terrible, is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Tyler, if they win, who who goes for 30 points? Primo Spears. Yeah, there you go. Primo Spears goes for 30 points. A cook a cook blocks Eric Dixon at the end of the game. The fans are going crazy. Georgetown covers the spread and keeps it within 14. <laughs> that's uh, that's my best take. That's wrapping up our Georgetown preview. Uh, hopefully next year we have a new coach to talk about. And a cook a cook, you should stay at college because I love watching you play. Yeah, you're great to watch, bro. The DePaul Blue Demons are our next team we're talking about where we are going to preview. They are playing 5.30 on Wednesday against Seton Hall. Ryan, tell the Paul fans why they should be optimistic. Um, Because they have Moja Gibson on their team, and they have Javon Johnson on their team, and they have Deshaun Nelson on their team, and that's a bunch of guys who can go get a bucket, okay? And they're about to play one of the best defenses in the conference, one of the top 25 defenses in the country. You're going to need guys to go get buckets tomorrow night, tonight, if you're listening to it on Wednesday morning. Um, and those three guys can go get you a bucket. You need big-time performance from probably two of those three would be my guess. What do you think, Ty? Right. Tell me if this wets your whistle. Uh, would 15.8 points per game for a year be good? Yeah, it's pretty solid. Would 14.3 points per game a year be good? Yeah. What about 10.2 as your third-leading scorer? Yeah. Moja Gibson, Javon Johnson, Deshaun Nelson. Between them, they've played 37 years of college basketball. <laughs> Moja Gibson has had games this year where he has been shooting from the logo, been the best player on the court, and that's what led them to the wins, their big win against Xavier and their big win against Villanova. If Deshaun or not Deshaun, if Moja Gibson has a game where he scores 24 or 25 like he has this year, 25, 20. I think that DePaul has a fighting chance because Seton Hall's offense can sometimes come and go. Right. If Seton Hall is having a bad offensive night, which they have more bad offensive nights than good offensive nights, I'm my bet to you is if DePaul has two people with 20-point performances, they win the game. And we know Shaheen Holloway is not taking this team lightly, um, but they've played twice this year, and the game was de- games were decided by a total of nine points. These are two tough teams. You know, they're physical. Nick Ogenda is back, and Nick Ogenda's blocking something like five shots a game right now since he's been back. Yes, has it been six games, Tyler? Yes, but I don't ruin your dreams on a Wednesday night. He's blocking 4.7 shots a game in six games. And listen, does he fix the whole defense? No, but he sure makes it look better when he's erasing mistakes at the rim. Yeah. Caleb Murphy's coming off the bench now. I mean, this kid had this kid was instrumental in their win against um Xavier at the beginning of the season or the middle of the season. I'm looking for, and he coming off a 15 point game against um, Creighton last time out. I need Javon Johnson and Moja Gibson to be at about 20. And I need one other person. Is that Philemon? I always say his last name wrong. Gebrowit. Gebrowit. Whether that's Deshaun Nelson, whether that's Earl Penn. I need one other player. You're annoyed. Give me double digits, and I think that DePaul has a real fighting chance. Yeah, I agree. But you need Gibson to go out there and just put on a senior performance. This is his last – it could be his last game in college basketball. He's played five years. We'd love to see him go out with a bang. Um, DePaul's chances to win today or during this game? I'd say as high as 20%. I was willing – I was going to say 25 Yeah, It's really – it, listen, this is for the DePaul fan right now. It's hard to beat a team three times in a year. And you, they've played you close. you know. And they've lost five of their last seven. I'm not saying it's likely, 
I'm saying if DePaul decides to show up, that they have a chance. Listen, that's probably not going to happen. All right, right. The next team we are going to talk about is the Seton Hall Pirates, 64th and Ken Palm, for all those keeping track at home. Their bubble was probably burst at the end of their season where they really did struggle down the stretch until they decided to play Providence in one of their better games of the entire year on senior day at the amp, and they won by 24. Right, the Hall... Are they stock up or stock down right now? What are they? It's a great question. They've lost five of their last seven, but they've won one of their last one. And that was a pretty big win at uh, Providence. So, obviously, you'd love to get that win right before the tournament. Also, obviously, you would love to be on the right side of the bubble. I don't know if this is insider scoop, but I guess I'll share it with the people. I can pretty much confirm that Kadari Richmond is not going to be available for the Big East tournament. Um, that might not be breaking news to anybody right now because he hasn't played in a while. Without their point guard, I thought Feme Otakali looked really good handling the ball against Providence, which was surprising to me because I don't think of Feme Otakali as a ball handler. Um, and, you know, he led to a 24-point win. Do Will they miss Kadari Richmond? Yes, but they are so good defensively. Yeah, they're fantastic defensively, and DePaul is going to struggle with that for through the entire game. Um, you know, and you know Shaheen Holloway is bringing the intensity for the Big East tournament. Like, this is a guy who lives and breathes basketball, and he's on the biggest stage in Madison Square Garden. Uh, he, I'm sure he's hyped up for this one. So I expect the Pirates to be flying around. And don't underestimate, Casey Nadefo is playing his last, any game could be the last game of his basketball career. You want to get in front of Casey Nadefo when he knows it's the end of his, or it could be the end of his career? I mean, these are absolute guys out there. Um I'll give you an X factor. The Davis, I'm going to say as one right now, the Davis brothers, Dre Davis went off for 24 points and was their best scorer against Providence. If Dre Davis is giving you 20 points, you have a chance to win this game and win another game in the tournament. If Dre Davis is that guy we saw at the beginning of the year. And then we saw in the Providence game. Yeah. I think Dre Davis is a fantastic X factor. Um, what he's able to do defensively as well with his length and size. Um, if he's got to go, you know, what the Seton Hall does not lack toughness and depth and depth. They bring plenty of guys off the bench. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm looking for Seton Hall to come out in this game and try to, I hate to say this. And hopefully if DePaul fans are listening, they don't take this the wrong way. And I'm going to say this about, you know, Nova kind of too. They're going to use this as kind of a get right game. They're going to say, we want to w- beat DePaul. We want to beat them soundly. And we want to get rolling for our next matchup, which would be against Xavier in the next round. Um, and they just had some bad blood with Xavier. I don't want to go too far in advance, but Seton Hall, Xavier, second round, Casey Nadefo playing for his basketball life at the Garden. I mean, prime time. That would be the seven thirty game. I mean, give give it to me. Yeah. That's that's what I'm looking for. Right yeah, the Hall's a sneaky pick in the Big East tournament. I don't. I don't know if they have the offensive talent to go all the way, but I think they should, they could seriously make some noise here. And they're tough, and what travels well? Toughness. If offense is struggling and the shots aren't falling at the Garden, a team that is, ranks this highly in defense, um, I believe they're one of the top Big East teams ranked in defense, according to Ken Palm. Um, I believe only UConn is ranked higher than them, if I'm looking at this correct. No, Creighton is ranked higher than them as well. Um, but third-ranked defense in the big east you're looking at a team that can really make some noise um give me give me seton hall a hungry seton hall team against Xavier. that's what i'm looking for yeah i get the hall over to paul wednesday night as well the hall over to paul uh any low scoring game or high scoring game just uh i think it ends in the 60s ends in the 60s race to 69 yeah, if either team makes it to 69, they win the game, in my opinion. And that happened the first time they played, where Seton Hall won. All right, UConn fans, who better than to help talk about the UConn Huskies Big East Tournament Preview than Jared Kotler, who is does an awesome podcast, Connecticut Scoreboard. Um, yeah. We're on with Alex Caravan. Jared, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on. Excited to be on. I mean, get the probably the biggest player of the year on, and now me. So I'm in, I'm in pretty good company. I thought you might have been talking about yourself as the biggest. <laughs> <player of> the <laughs> one no. one day, maybe in my dreams. No, we're 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 very happy to be doing this. Um, UConn kind of fell into the two thirty slot in a rivalry game. Uh, yeah, 
Do you think this was the ideal matchup for UConn with the way teams that the both teams are playing? Yeah, I mean, on paper, the way things have been lately with Providence kind of struggling since they last played UConn, it seems like kind of broke Providence a little bit, and they've really struggled since that game, whereas UConn's really taken off since that game. Like, that was a game they knew they needed to win and, you know, make up for the loss that they had at Providence. So they win that and have looked hot since that game. So um, I think it should be an interesting matchup, you know, from a fan perspective. Creighton has always given UConn issues, whether it's in the Big East tournament or, or just in the regular season. So even though UConn played them well this year, I was a little anxious about seeing them in the uh, in the first round there of having to play Creighton. So I'm a, a little bit more comfortable with Providence, but still don't think it's necessarily by any means an easy win there. Anytime you get the tournament play and you know everything's on the line, uh, once the ball goes up, who knows what's going to happen. And so, Jared, what do you think, um, you know, seeing UConn play better recently? What's the difference to you? Yeah, I mean, I think when they had that slide in the in January, they really kind of stopped playing defense. Like, uh, they were just getting beat to the basket. Just, like, they were throwing zone in at times to try to, like, just hold guys off uh, defensively. But now they've gotten back to kind of their roots from that early season run. So they've been playing good defense. I mean, Andre Jackson has turned into a whole different player. Like you saw teams just not guard him and force him to just jack up threes, which isn't really his game. But now they've gotten him in a spot where he's he's in more rhythm. He's playing a little bit more around the basket, um, going for putbacks, uh, you know, back back cut uh, dunks there and stuff like that. So trying to get him in a position where he can be more successful because when he's out there and he's feeling good about his game, he's so much better defensively. Um, he really is just got such great vision out there. I mean, you see some of the plays he makes and it's like, he's probably the only guy out on the court that would even think to make that play. So they could get him uh, playing at, at the level he's played these past few games. Then the defense I think are big. And then obviously uh, you just got to continue to make shots. So can Jordan Hawkins stay hot? Alex Caravan stay hot from three. You get those guys clicking. And uh, I mean, I didn't even mention Sonogo there or, or the bench guys and, and what they could bring. So I think of late we've started to see how this how the depth of this UConn team really is there and if they can perform like they did early. We saw what they did in the tournament already this year, so we'll see if they can uh, carry over now. And, Jared, one of the things that you are pretty um, an expert to speak on, Alex Carabin did definitely struggle the first time he played Bryce Hopkins. Um, yeah. But was excellent, I thought, in the second game, and the help defense was there. Do you think that confidence is you know going to carry over into this third matchup for Alex? Yeah, for sure. And just – talking with him when he's come on the podcast like he, he admitted that it was a really tough stretch when Biggie's play started for him like as playing at the four and some of the guys he had to go up against whether it was you know Fremantle Hopkins uh you know the guys on Villanova it was just really just tough matchups for him out of the gate um you think about kind of getting your first running conference play and having to defend those guys. It's like, well, welcome to college basketball. But I think you saw him really grow from those experiences. And like his defense has been so much better um, in these second matchups against these teams. And I'm, I'm sure Providence is going to work on some things to, to make some adjustments there. But I mean, when you look at Bryce Hopkins having zero rebounds in that last matchup at, at UConn, I mean, you hold that guy to, to a zero in that stat column, it's, it's a pretty good sign. So, you know, he's going to go out there. He's going to get his points. Like he, he's too good of a player to, to not get, get his points. But if Alex can continue to play him tough, like he did in that second game, especially um, probably bodes well for UConn. And in order for them to make a deep run, in order for them to make the, uh, win the championship, the East tournament championship, what do you think the most important thing is for them to do? Yeah, I think it's it's just staying true to those roots and being aggressive, especially defensively and on the glass. Like uh, the way some of these matchups are, like Providence is always physical. They've got Croswell, they've got Hopkins. I mean, I think you kind of rebound them by like twenty the last time they played. So I mean, if you could do that again, I mean, you're in a great position. I mean, you got rebound them by ten. You probably should be in a good spot. So that's going to be big. Marquette, you know, should they get Marquette in the next round? You know, has a big big weakness on the on the rebounding side you kind of own them the last time they played them too so I think playing that tough defense and being able to to make to control the boards I think are, are really big for this team because you know Jordan Hawkins misses one three they get a rebound and kick about how to him he's going to shoot it right away he's not afraid of that so you don't want to give that guy too many extra looks so 
we'll see see what it comes to. But again, I, I think just staying true to you know their their identity and how Dan Hurley wants his teams to play, and that's tough on the glass and, and tough defensively. Well, you heard it, folks, from Mr. Jared Kotler. They got to play tough. Thank you so much for joining us, Jared. And everybody, go check out his Connecticut Scoreboard podcast. It's the best UConn-focused podcast anybody's putting out. So it's definitely worth it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Enjoy the tournament. And now for the other side of the 4-5 matchup, we are lucky to be joined by our first official guest, Friared Up, who is now coming on on one of our last shows. Friared Up, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Friared Up in the hizzy. (laughs) <laughs> so uh one of our favorite friends of the pod we're so glad to have you here to talk about providence's matchup and you know at one point they looked like they could have been you know two seed three seed gotten you know one of these guys who were playing wednesday night they fall all the way to the five you end up with yukon how's providence feeling uh it's a great opportunity you know i think you can look at it optimistically or pessimistically um, pessimistically, obviously, UConn's playing out of their mind. Providence is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, but optimistically, look, you get to play a rival. Yes, a rival in the garden. The whole world thinks you're going to lose. So go out there, prove them wrong. So I actually, I think it could really be um, galvanizing for the team. I was thinking the same thing. Like, yes, it matters when you're playing poorly and, you know, really well. But also, it's, sometimes it takes a team that you don't like to just snap you back into it. And that's maybe what Providence needs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you you and me are on the same page, which is a, a scary thought. <laughs> but uh, I'm in agreement there. And so if you're looking at the game, what do you expect, you know, for Providence to turn it around? What's the most important thing for them to do? They Well, the, the easy answer is they have to play defense. They have chosen to not play defense the past, uh, you know, three of the past four games. Um, you know, last game, UConn killed them on the boards. Like they out rebounded them by like 20, like a two to one ratio. Um, they need Providence is built on rebounding. Um, they need to even out the boards, um, limit fast break opportunities because, you know, UConn, they have a ton of athletes. Um, you know, I'll give a shout out to, to Andre Jackson, my guy, we all know I'm a fan of his, but you know, you don't want to see him on the fast break. Um, and, uh, and I guess I just say, keep it close. Uh, if it's a close game late, Cooley has a great record in close games and we all know Hurley is on the opposite end of the spectrum. So, uh, I'd say protect the glass, limit fast breaks and, um, you know, keep it close. Friard for the Providence to go far in this tournament, not even outside of, you know, they can win on Thursday. Who do you think has to be their best player? Is it just easy to say Bryce Hopkins? Or does someone else have to be there? Uh, I think he needs a, a wingman, so to speak. Um, I think it's got to be Bynum. Like, that's kind of the the story of the season, at least from my perspective, where, you know, we've seen what Bynum's capable of when he's hot. Um, you know, when he's clicking, he's he's gives you scoring, assists, um, he initiates the offense. You know, for whatever reason, he's had a bit of a down year, battled injuries, um, not a not a terrible year by any stretch of the imagination, but maybe hasn't lived up to that, um, you know, first team all Big East selection uh, might be an understatement. Um, but, uh, you know, Bynum, here's his chance. Cartwright, he went on a, a great run a few years ago. This is Bynum's chance to, uh, you know, put his mark on, on the season. Friar, do you expect any lineup changes going into the Big East tournament? Uh, Cooley alluded to it. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think Bynum might go to the bench because, you know, he's he's excelled there in the past. Uh, I personally, I think Locke might come off the bench. I think they might do a breed for Locke. Um, you know, if if that were to happen, it gives them some more defense early on, at least perimeter D. Um, hopefully the, it emphasizes them going into the bigs, get them established. And then you bring Locke in and he can give you the offense uh, off the bench. Do you have an X factor for the Big East tournament? Uh, the X factor is probably Bynum. Uh, right. you know, so uh, I, I got to say, if if Bynum does what he's capable of doing, uh, you know, then I like our I like our odds against anyone. And Friar, you're one of the more optimistic Friar fans. That's why we love you. Friared up all the time. Can this Providence team win the Big East tournament? Still, mathematically, yes. 
I'll tell you what, if they if they beat UConn, I, I think it's a successful trip. Um, so uh yes, they they can. It's it's certainly a possibility. Uh, that's why they play the games. But, you know, if they if they beat UConn, I'm happy. I think that's a, a well, uh, a good trip to the city. And just quickly, if they do beat UConn, they're probably looking at Marquette in the uh, semifinals. You guys have played two great games. Um, any insights there that anything you're thinking about? Uh, it's it will hopefully be a, a good game if if it does come to that. Um, you know, I I think. If PC beats UConn, they need to guard against kind of an emotional letdown um, because, you know, frankly, as a fan, like I, I probably will have an emotional letdown. So um, but hopefully the players can stay more focused. You know, uh, Kolek, he's playing out of his mind. Uh, the only thing he does better than run point is uh, be a guest on your show. Uh, so, you know, it, it'll be tough. Uh, but uh, shout out to my guy Pizzo. I know he's a big fan of yours. Um, but beating UConn and then Marquette is a, a certainly a tough task for the Friars. And if the Friars win, I know Friared Up will be going nuts on Twitter. So everyone can look forward to that if that happens. Friared, we can't thank you enough. You were, you've kind of started this ball rolling for us, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, thanks for hopping on with us again. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Who better to help preview the Big East Tournament and Xavier's run that's going to happen other than their star point guard, all Big East first team, Sule, boom. Sule, I heard rumor, first time at Madison Square Garden, first game at Madison Square Garden. How excited are you? Man, I'm super excited, man. We leave tomorrow. Um, we're going to practice, get a little workout in, get on a plane, get out there in New York. So man, I'm super excited to super excited to see what the garden feel like, what it what the air feel like, how packed the gym gonna be. We play at seven Thursday, so I'm expecting it to be packed out. Um, and I just I just I just can't wait, man. I know them lights gonna feel good, feel great. And so Xavier drew the, uh, the seven o'clock game on Thursday night. You have the winner of DePaul versus Seton Hall. Seton Hall matchup could be very interesting. A little bad blood there. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. I know. I know they. I know they're gonna be amped up. I know they're gonna be super juiced, excited to play us because um how the game ended last time we played them. Um. So I mean, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's March. It's my first time playing playing in a garden in a beast tournament. So man, I mean, I know me and the team we're gonna be amped up, juiced up to play just as much as they are. So we're gonna be ready. And does coach have you watching film of both teams, or are you just? That's if we do play. Yes, my bad. No, no. I'm. It does coach have you watching film of both teams? Because obviously one team is favored more than the other. I don't want to. Yeah. Um. No, we we ain't watch we ain't watch film today or anything. I mean, we 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 went over a couple actions that both teams go over. We guarded them today in practice that that actions that they run. So I mean, we we preparing for both. Um. So whichever team comes out, we gonna be ready for either one of them. And Ryan said that the, you know, Seton Hall game would be a revenge game. That DePaul game would also be, you know, another – I know you guys already got the revenge the rest of the way, so that would be a great environment as well. Exactly. So, I mean, we we looking forward to any game we play, you know, whether it's DePaul, Seton Hall. I know me and the guys, we're going to come out ready and, and, and amped up. All right. Fill in the blank for me, Sule. Xavier will win the Big East tournament if they focus on blank. Not turn the ball over. Not turn the ball over. We do that. I mean, it's just, the statistics show that. I mean, when we have less than 10 and we not turn the ball over like that, I mean, we we pretty damn near winning all the games for real. So, I mean, that Villanova game we lost at home, we had like 20, like 16, something like something crazy. Marquette, I had crazy turnovers. The most turnover I had in a minute. So, I mean, when we don't turn the ball over, we get a shot up every time. Even if we miss, if we get back on defense, we get a chance to put back anything, we're going to be right there to win every game. So we we take care of the ball. We pride ourselves on that. We're going we gonna to be right there. And I'm so Xavier, Sean Miller never coached the first time in the Big East tournament because he missed that with his first tenure. 
but I'm guessing he's coached at the garden before he have any tidbits for you or any of the players who have played, um, you know, in these type of tournaments have anything that they're trying to share with the team. Yeah. I mean, even when coach Miller was recruiting me, he talking about, he was talking, telling me about the biggest tournament. He said, there's nothing like it. He played in it. He said, man, it's crazy. It's like the whole world is watching. Um, my teammates tell me it's fu super fun. So, uh, I'm looking for I'm 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 just really looking forward to it. It's really gonna be a blessing for me to play there. <laughs> Do you think that the team coming off? I know that they didn't have the postseason success they wanted with the NCAA, but they went on a big run last year and won the NIT. Do you think that kind of helped that or helps you know them be kind of battle tested in these tournament situations? Um, I definitely, I definitely do because uh, they they knows what it feels like to play in March and with no, nobody else playing. Um, so I feel like that definitely just made them feel better about themselves, gave themselves confidence. And, again, they – I mean, I feel like they use that as a springboard. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can say we, since I'm a part of the team now, I feel like we use it as a springboard to to push ourselves up to to a, to a higher standards and where we want to go, where we want to go for the following year, that being now. So I feel like it, that was good momentum for the program. What is one thing Xavier does better than everybody, anybody else in the Big East? Anybody else in the Big East, one thing we do, I feel like our, our assist numbers are the best, right? I think so. Yeah. I feel like we I feel like we share the ball the best. Um I'm not saying we perfectly every game, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like I feel like our team is unselfish and and um I feel like it's proven through stats that we we, we share the ball. Um each and every night we got several guys with a number a number of assists. So um, we are selfish, and I feel like we're the best. We're the best passing teams in the league as an overall unit. All right, Sule, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you at the Big East tournament. We'll be there on Thursday, so uh, can't wait to see you guys dominate. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Good luck, and we hope to catch up with you. Yep, it's all good. I'm gonna see y'all. What's up, Big East fans? We are joined by one of the best Creighton Twitter accounts, Cray Takes. Connor O'Neill is on with us. How are you doing today, Connor? I'm good, you guys. Thank you for having me back. It was fun a lot of, you know, a couple weeks ago, so I'm happy to be back with y'all. No, thank you so much for coming back, and we're really excited to uh, talk a little Creighton basketball going into the Big East tournament. You guys get the Thursday late game, 9.30. You're playing the winner of Villanova Georgetown. You're already kind of telling us what are you expecting? You, you know, who are you expecting <laughs> to play there? Um, I think everybody in the, in the world thinks we're going to play Nova. I agree with that. Um, and I told you guys a couple of minutes ago. I think what Creighton fans want and what not necessarily need, but I, I I would love to see Georgetown put up a fight against Nova. I would love to see them push them to the limit a little bit at least make their starters play because less than 24 hours later, they're playing against us. So the winner of that game, of course, we want George. I mean, who wouldn't want George trying to beat Nova in that game if you're us, obviously. So I think if if nothing more realistically, we want them to push Nova, make them make them play and play hard and play a lot of minutes. And, you know, I, I think Nova is a tough matchup for Creighton. I think UConn is a really tough matchup for Creighton. Um, but outside of that, I mean, the Big East is just, it's great. It's just really, really tough to find what you would consider a really good matchup in this tournament. That's what makes it fun. Not necessarily for a diehard fan of a team, but it's, but it really is. It's going to, it makes it so wide open. I mean, there's five or six teams that can win it. So it's, it's awesome. Absolutely. And you, this is kind of a rematch of, you know, assuming you get Nova, you guys just <laughs> played them recently and Eric Dixon went off. Are you looking oh. for the defense to attack it a little bit differently? You know, he kind of pick and popped a lot in that game. Are I you do. Cockbrenner's going to get out there a little bit more. I do, yeah. And in so I think Mac and I've heard I've heard some things from Coach Mac recently where he's become a little bit more of the fan of analytics. And I think that, and I, you know, who's to argue that? I mean, Mac is awesome, but I do think that at some point you got to mix. I mean, let's be honest; he's been their best player both times we played them. We beat them. In, we beat them in Omaha in a very tough game, and they just absolutely smoked us in Philly. So he was their he was their MVP both games, both games. So you know we love to to sag Kalk in the paint. We love to challenge our guards to kind of contest shots. But if they're that's the one thing we are susceptible to is if their big guy can go out and make threes. And and I mean he's credit to him, man. He has made he has made his pay. 
So is Sonogo. I mean, it's it's been those are the two guys this year where we're like, okay, we might need to rethink this. So I do think they'll have a little bit of an adjustment. I'm not sure if it'll be like a all sellout type, totally different philosophy, but I do think they'll have to change things up a little bit because you can't do that three times in a row. You know, no, it's a great point. And then looking on the other side of the ball, um, you know, Creighton's had some really hot stretches during this season. They've had some yeah. cool stretches. What do they need to do offensively to make a deep Big East tournament run? Well, I do think things need to start inside. I really do. I, I you know, this is one of those Creighton teams where we're so used to, as a Creighton fan, we're so used to having teams where like we kind of do live, we have in the past lived and died by the three, and we really have. And this team is not necessarily regulated to living and dying by the three. So I do think I, I I hope early in this conference tournament and really just every big game down the stretch, we do try things inside. Again, if Kalk doesn't have a great matchup, Kalk Brenner that is, I'm I'm not necessarily saying we need to force it into him because but I do think things need to start. I don't like the four passes around the perimeter contested three and we hope that things go in. Because yeah, we're we're capable of getting hot, Trey. I mean there's a lot of guys that can get hot for us, but I don't like putting all our all of our eggs into that basket. I would love to see things go from the inside out. And Connor, who has to be the best player on the court for Creighton to win the Big East tournament? Trey Alexander. Love that. Trey Alexander. He's he's our to me, he's our best player. I think he's the most capable of taking over a game. I love Kalk. Don't get me wrong. He's probably our most he's our most Kalk Brenner is our most indispensable player. Trey is our best player, in my opinion. It's a great way to put it. And what's the ceiling for this Creighton team? Can they win the Big East tournament? <laughs> of course. Yeah, absolutely. So can five other teams. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, who? of course. I mean, the, the goal is not to go there and lose in the championship again. We've done that three times. So yeah, do I think we can win it? Absolutely. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really tough for everybody. I don't think anybody's even thinking about Sunday, right? Now, or sorry, Saturday right now. Absolutely. Connor, we want to thank you so much for coming on Biggie's Farm to do this preview. Everybody, yeah. go check out Crate Takes. They are one of the best accounts following Crate and basketball. They do a podcast that's fantastic. You should check them out for anything you need to know about Crate. And plug Connor O'Neill too. Connor O'Neill is a great. <laughs> he's he's been lucky enough. We've been lucky enough to have him on twice. So thank you, Connor. I've been lucky enough too, by the way. <laughs>
you know, we could go and be regular season champions because you never wavered. Yeah, just our confidence and, uh, you know, the way that we, we really play for each other. That's the biggest thing that, that we preach is just trying to be connected and just trying to be out there five guys playing and not just, you know, one guy playing this position and that's, you know, five guys all together playing, you know, trying to win the game. So, Absolutely. Now you're in the Big East tournament. Um, you got the chance to take home another trophy. So we want to know, what does Marquette need to do really well to go home with the trophy at the end of the weekend? We just need to be us. We need to be, you know, completely bought into our culture and, uh, you know, the things that go into winning. And it's not, like I said, it's not so much about, you know, other teams or it's not so much about what we do well or don't do well. I think it's just this time of year, you know, you you got to continue to do what got you to the place that you're in. Um, and then, you know, just honestly, a lot of it's luck, too. I mean, you, you got to be lucky to win some of these games. Uh, you got to be lucky in March to, to advance. So you know, we're hoping luck's on our side along with, you know, the way that we, we can really, really impact the team, other teams. But and Tyler, there, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ray. Is there a focus on, on one aspect that you guys have tried to focus on down the stretch that you think will be specifically important in these postseason games? Yeah, we're not so much focused on, on the basketball aspect. Uh, aspects. We're kind of more, more so focused on, on the team aspect and, you know, where our mindset needs to be coming in these games. Because, you know, even even the experts, quote-unquote experts that, that are out there, they still don't have us winning the BD tournament. They don't have us really doing anything in March, which is, you know, you know what we say to that. You know, we, we love that. We love that underdog. We love that chip on our shoulder. And it just, you know, fuels us that much more to go out there and, and prove them wrong again. Tyler, you guys got a little bit of postseason experience last year with, you know, your game in the Big East tournament and then your game in the NCAA. Your younger team, how much are you guys relying on that, you know, last year, what you guys learned? Yeah, it was great experiences last year, especially down the stretch in the regular season. Because I think our last nine games last year, we'd gone three and six. Uh, hit a little bit of a rough patch just culturally and, and uh, you know, as a team. And so I think this year we kind of banded together down the stretch and really, really put a focus towards towards being connected and, and, you know, playing our best basketball. And I feel like that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, no rough patch down the stretch here. You've won 11 of your last 12. What's it like going into the tournament so hot? Yeah, I mean, we just try and go out there and win every game, do what we can to, to you know, get the result that we want. And hopefully in the tournament, we can, you know, get three results that we want. Well, we've been lucky enough to be joined by Tyler Kolek, who is in New York right now, um, ready for the environment. How excited are you for that environment tomorrow or Thursday? Yeah, it's going to be special. I mean, most famous arena in the world. Uh, last year, we didn't really get to experience the full thing. So hopefully we can, you know, get it rolling and, and kind of get the full experience of MSG. You guys are going in as the uh, hunted, not the hunter for, you know, for the first time in a while. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if that's the case because, like I said, people aren't aren't picking us to win it. They're not saying, you know, they're not talking about us um, as as potential, you know, breakout, a breakout team to, to win it. And even as a as number one seed, I feel like we're, we're being a little disrespected. Um, but, you know, so we still got to be the hunters. We still got to be the aggressors and, and play with that chip on our shoulder. Is there one guy on the team that uh, you think viewers should watch out for is about about to make a name for themselves? <laughs> I think this whole year, you know, every guy on our team has made a name for themselves. I don't think it's one specific guy. I think, you know, we kind of do everything together and do everything, you know, even, you know, any awards that we get, you know, first team, second team, uh, player of the year, any awards that we get, those are more so team awards and reflections on our season as a whole and, and not just, you know, one individual guy's play. Uh, so, I mean, I think I think just coming into this, you kind of got to watch out for everybody and, and just wait and see what we do. He's spoken like a true point guard right there. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Tyler, for coming back on the podcast. You you know, it means so much to us, and we really appreciate getting to watch you this year. And, you know, yeah, give appreciate, it well. appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. Good luck in the Big East tournament, Tyler. Thank you. Hey, go to bed, dude. Well, that wraps up our Big East Tournament preview show. We've had some fantastic guests on. We've talked so much Big East basketball. We had a blast. We hope you guys had a blast. Friar Dub, Jared Kotler. 
We had Villanova tip time. We had Sule, Sule Boom. Boom on. I mean, we were lucky enough to be joined by so many awesome guests. Um, Fried Up was our first guest, and he ends it with us for being our, one of our last guests. Cray Takes, Connor O'Neill, they were fantastic as well. So thank you so much for tuning into this. We're excited for the Big East Tournament, and we hope to see a lot of you on Thursday.